Good morning, everyone. This is Brandon Matloff in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Stella Oak Mavens podcast, where we feature different mavens in different fields. A maven is an expert of an expert. They are the go-to person who you would want to ask all the questions to before making a decision. The purpose of this podcast is to help the consumer be more knowledgeable. Today's maven is Terry Ross, an expert consultant with over 20 years of experience. Terry specialized in sales and management consulting for medical spas based in Los Angeles. Her first year as a consultant for Dr. Garth Fisher of Beverly Hills, she was able to generate over a million in revenue for his practice. And now, in addition to personal consulting, Terry offers an online program where spas and their staff can learn her patent and practice foundational elements in the PFE system, which we're looking forward to hearing about. This has been proven to increase revenue upwards of 500000 So we're excited to hear how you do that. Welcome, Terry. Hey, Brandon. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Great. So first question I have to ask you, how did you pursue a career in consulting? What made you get into the field? Um, well, I was a, um, a sales director for a company called Medicis back in 2007, which was when dermal fillers and neurotoxins had just started. And so um, I did that for about three and a half years managing the West Coast. So that was my first uh, entry level into the aesthetic plastic surgery space. And then I was hired to launch Cool Sculpting, which is the only non-surgical um, treatment for lipo, if you want to remove fat versus uh, liposuction. Um, and then I had a child. And I was traveling so much, but I had physicians from managing the West Coast for so long asking me or reaching out saying, hey, Terry, I want to start a med spa or I need to scale my business. How do I do that? Can you help me? That was around 2011, um, which started Terry Ross Consulting. Wow. So what does a consultant actually do? Because I think most people think of consultants as somebody comes into a company, they put a bunch of layoffs together try to look look at what isn't working well and then um, they move on and they collect their fees. But I know it's a lot more than that. So what is, what do you actually do as a consultant? Yeah, thank you. Such a great question. Um, so it's interesting. Obviously, physicians, with all due respect, you know, they're great providers, but they don't go to business school. So they really don't have the understandings or the business acumen on how to run a successful practice. And so what I often find is just operationally, it's kind of a mess. Um, And so as a consultant, I will do a couple of things. I basically will start off with a practice evaluation, which is a very detailed assessment of the practice in every department, marketing, finance, sales training, um, overhead. I mean, you can imagine. Um, And I will analyze that information and their books, and then I will write them a business plan, basically, of what I think is working and what I think is wrong, and then more importantly, how they need to fix it. Um, that's, that's really it in a nutshell. And then once I'm able to do that, I can identify, and it's usually about 90% of the same issues, whether it's a med spa or a plastic surgery practice, um, that I find is wrong. And if we can tweak those things, then it's been proven to just elevate revenue significantly. You can't be the only consultant that's doing this. What is different about the your system or your strategy versus um, most? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, well, I, I feel that what makes me unique is that um, I have, you know, it's not anecdotal what I do. Um, I have physically um, been a sales director. So I have, you know, since college. I mean, so I have a 20-year 
um, core background in sales, which is what I consider myself the expert expert. Number one, I have owned a medical spa for five years with surgeons in Beverly Hills and a cosmetic derm for five years that I scaled from a half a million to a little over 3.5 in that time frame. So now I take that information and I can teach. I'm not preaching. I actually can teach exactly what I did. And um, if people, are, again, are able to listen and they're invested in their business and they want to um, take the initiative and execute the plan, then that's where you see successful practices versus the ones that are um, you know, underperforming. So, so let's go back 20 years. You're, you're in college. Did you know you wanted to be in sales and, and do this? Is this something that you were passionate about early on or is this something that you had to kind of develop as uh, time progressed? Um, no, I actually I wanted to be a doctor since I was a very since I was a little girl, <laughs> and I actually went to medical school for two years. Um, but I had been working at a hospital when I was gosh seventeen, um, and so then I I got to be exposed in the operating room and the ER and working with fellows and um, attendings, and I realized that you know I love medicine, but my personality was more so that I wanted to do something else and not continue medical school. So right from college, my first sales position was with Johnson & Johnson and Epicon Endo selling like radioactive seeds for prostate cancer in the OR. Wow. And then yeah. um, from, from there, I guess you realize, well, things could be done a little bit better than they are now. Maybe I can create, maybe I can create something, a platform where these doctors can actually have some more profit because they're not really running a business. And you were able to take some of that experience from Johnson and Johnson. Does that does that sound right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think like uh, you know, obviously, I worked for several big global medical device companies throughout my career, and it, you know, sales is not for everyone. You know, my, as my little girl says, you know, it, it's a hustle, <laughs> and you really have to, um, you know, be trained and you know, you know, a level of engagement and the psychology of a buyer and the psychology of the customer and there's there's a lot that goes into that but as it translates into my consulting business or the reason I developed this practice foundational elements sales training curriculum is that people that work inside of a practice whatever kind of practice it is medical practice they have they don't have sales experience um, so you know they're answering the phone and if somebody's looking for a breast augmentation or you know something non-surgical where it's disposable income the question typically goes like hi do you offer Botox the girl's like, yes, I do. What do you charge? $15 a unit. And then there, it's like, click buy. Like, she just answered the question, which I teach you don't answer the question because then it becomes just about the money. So it's a, it's a race to really, zero. It's a race to zero. Who's going to charge Who's going to charge exactly. the least to do, you know, a, a, a decent enough job? I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, now that you've had experience on, on really a lot of different areas. Let's say we have somebody in, in college or young entrepreneur listening to this. Would you advise them that, look, if they ultimately want to be a consultant and run their own business, maybe even in the medical spa space, would you say, hey, look, it's good timing to go try to be a consultant and learn how to do it? Or would you say, go work for some big uh, corporations, go work for some hospitals, get your feet wet in different areas, and then really figure out what your skill set is to then be able to offer guidance as a consultant or you think going back like would you have started out as a consultant right away would you, do you think you would have benefited from that um 
No, and it, it, um, thank you for. Oh, I love that you. I love that for number one that you have this podcast for these young entrepreneurs and these millennials and people trying to get into the field, just in terms of like understanding their options. Um, you know, I think number one, you know, people have to understand their own personal personality because it's not for everybody. And so, if you are just a Type A driver, super motivated, you know, you're outgoing and gregarious because that's certainly sort of you know what helps somebody, you know, successful in sales stand out. It's knowing who you are, knowing what you're good at. But I would not have been good as a consultant if I did not have those previous positions in sales, you know, working my way from the bottom, right, as a, as a normal sales rep, you know, into a director, into a VP. And so that's, that's just the hustle when you can see the opportunity where you can persevere, you're not afraid to hear no, and you continue knocking on the door. And so I think anybody who has that drive and tenacity um, I think certainly, you know, some good, you know, positions and jobs will help you be more successful as a consultant. Makes sense. You said something earlier that um, I wanted to follow up with. You said that, that when you came in to one of the spas, they were generating half a million dollars in revenue. And by the time you left a couple of years later, it was three and a half million. So, you know, 7x the growth of that business. So can you maybe talk about, you know, one or two key things that you did to help improve upon uh, the profitability of the, and, and growth of these organizations? Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, yes, and so I teach the, I teach two things that I've realized after doing this now for many years, the seven fundamentals of a multi-seven or eight-figure practice and then the seven steps to the patient experience. And in this medical space specifically, you can imagine if I, if I have issues with my skin, right, and I, and I type in you know, hyperpigmentation or whatever the problem is. I'm gonna to go to Google, I'm gonna find your website, and then I'm gonna to wanna to call the practice. And so if you think about the journey, um, what I realized is that th there was very little infrastructure in that particular um, company at the time. And so when I go and assess these practices, there's three things that are typically wrong consistently. The website is underperforming, and it's not indicative from a design perspective of the nature of the business, right? So it's not aesthetically pleasing. I'm not gonna, I'm not, you know, enticed to wanna call the practice. For example, you see a before and after shot and it doesn't look very good or it's not pleasing, then you're like, huh, do, do I really wanna go here and get my, <laughs> Right, get right, you can, right, exactly. Right. And that, then, if I, then if the site does look amazing, what I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call practice. And then if your girl on the phone sucks, <laughs> you know, poor, poor, you know, poor salesmanship, if you will. Like she's not knowledgeable about the procedures. She doesn't credential the practice of the provider. I mean, that's the, the goal of the call is to, to convert to convert me to an appointment. That typically is broken. So that's why I developed the sales training program. And then, and then the the patient experience. So when I walk in the door, like as a as as am I? You know, who am I seeing? Is the consultation thorough? You know, are they just talking to me about one thing or are they building a long-term treatment plan so that I have this, you know, a great outcome? So those are the sort of the three core things um, that I think have, have that, that if perfected, again, can immediately scale a business because in this day and age, everybody wants to, you know, look young, feel good, be better. And these beauty treatments are not just, you know, it's, it's not just a, a superficial thing anymore, right? I mean, you can imagine even men now, right? People want to just look their best. They're fighting for jobs. And so it's about, be, you know, certainly having the, the experience 
to perform these procedures as well because there's a lot of you know sort of half-assed places out there too. So I can imagine a lot of um, just different medical offices in, in general, they've been doing the same thing for many years, right? They're like, oh, I want to grow my practice. So then they want to hire you. And then you give them some recommendations and they're like, I don't really want to do that because that's not the way we've done it in the past. I, I have to imagine that's come up and I, I can hear you laughing. Yeah. So that that's probably true. Tell me, how do you get around that? God, no, you're, you've totally hit the nail on the head. I, I have learned um, through making some mistakes to qualify better. And I really um, preface that in those seven fundamentals, I'm a couple of those circles. But I don't have a magic wand, right, to make your practice grow. I don't build, I don't, I, and I'm very clear. I will give you the tools, I will give you the resources, I will, I will teach you how to train your staff in sales and customer service, but I don't build websites, I don't give you the software, right, I don't do branding. I'm very clear with where I fall into the mix. And then I ask them, are you willing, are you willing to invest in my recommendations? And a lot say yes, but I, I, I push hard, you know, that it's gotta be a win-win for both of us. And if you are, then this is a great fit and I can help you. And if you're not, then it's not a good fit. That's, that's probably relevant for many different businesses, not just, um, not just yours in general. Just the audience can hear that, is that you can't make everybody a client. So you need to be able mm, to sure. ask the right questions to figure out if, if it's a good fit. Can you talk about some more of those challenging uh, times that you've had? I think a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes they hear these podcasts and I've, I've had a lot of feedback and reviews that it just seems like, you know, there's so many people out there that's successful and that they haven't really had that many challenges along the way. But every entrepreneur that's had success knows that they've been rejected or have had tons of failure. So maybe you can talk about, you know, one or, or two times, anything that comes to mind from, yeah. you know, uh, some rejection you had that you had to overcome or some real like bad business decisions and like what mm-hmm. what would you take away from it? Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I kind of use this phrase, the riches are in the niches. And I think it's really important to just, you have to know who you are. You know, Simon Sinek wrote this book, like I think it's Discover Your Why or something start, like that. Start, but with, you have to know start your, with why. Start with why. Yeah. I love that. Start with why. And you have to know your why. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? This goes for the, like, people, our, our audience right now. Like, what value proposition do you have and don't try to be everything to everybody. Like know what you're good at and stay in that lane because my mistakes have been that I can pivot in multiple directions. And by doing that, I took on clients that I should not have taken on. Um, and it could have been that they weren't committed. It could have been that I I wanted, you know, I, I thought that I needed to take all these clients because I'm an entrepreneur and I, I need money. And that just bit me in the ass. So. Don't do that. Um, again, focus where you're strong at, and perfect that, and market that, and you know uh, you'll 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 do right by the clients, and then business will come. Awesome. So we were taking a look at at your website and your Instagram, and we saw that your emphasis is really on empathy, which is interesting because you don't that doesn't come across for most businesses, certainly not consultants. So, um, how important is genuine and con- genuine connection and empathy not only in in your practice but just in business in general 
No, God, thank you so much. That's such a um, unique um, perspective. And I, I appreciate that so much because I, I feel like what has made me successful, because people have said, you know, you're kind of a hard ass or you can be tough. And I am to the external, but my clients end up becoming like my, my friends because I never want to oversell myself. And this, again, goes to the audience that your your level of commitment and caring um, and the mechanism of getting to know the client, genuinely getting to know them, to you said it, asking the right questions, because you have to really understand what they need before you can help them. And if I think if people are able to just sort of check yourself at the door a little bit, go away and just be in it for all the right reasons, then you know, that's when you build long-term success and you have, you know, people raving about you. That's awesome. What are you doing at this point to uh, continue to improve Terry Ross or, or becoming stronger as a salesperson? Because what I have found over the years is that every successful salesperson still wants to get better, right? So what are you doing at this point of your life to continue to improve if, if you are still trying to improve on your... Yeah, on no, your of course. That's one thing. So I, I have worked with a business coach for a couple of years, so I still have a business coach. Um, I sit on the board of a couple of companies. They're both consulting companies, but we push each other. It's called like action selling. Um, and, I, and I constantly just continue to read um, or I'm listening to different podcasts um, to continue to elevate myself and, and really understand. And now my direction has been more about buying patterns um, and the psychology of how people buy. And, you know, we always say that 80% of selling is listening. But now I ask people, what are you listening for? I can hear you, but what, like, what am I listening for? And those words determine the direction I'm going to take the call. Um, so, you know, that's really where I'm focusing now so that I can just continue to give back um, to to the market and to anybody who wants to kind of really perfect the, you know their salesmanship. That that line is a is an incredible line. I just want the listeners to hear that again. It's not like are you listening? Because I think that's what most people think sales is is like. Because everyone says you you should listen, <laughs> shut up, and listen to your clients, listen to your <laughs> listen to your customers, right. right? But it's what are you yeah. listening for? It's being more uh, tact tactical in what mm-hmm. you're actually doing. Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience, um, either about your practice or any any other advice you would have for these young entrepreneurs thinking about getting into the uh, medical spa field, consulting, et cetera? Yeah, thank you. I would just say, listen, persevere. Like, don't give up. Stick with your dreams. You know, really identify, take a minute and the opportunity to think about, you know, again, what you're good at and you know your why and what you want to be and if any of you are interested in you know being a very successful salesperson or you want to just get better at your communication skills or you want to get into this industry altogether even from a a rep at a pharmaceutical company i get a lot of calls about that terry how do i get started and it's a grind it's really difficult but i am uh, Tune In with Terry is my new podcast where I give a lot of sales tips. I also interview people like Brandon as well, expert people just in the field that can overall close the gap on what makes people successful. So tune in with Terry. And then you can check out my website at terryrothconsulting.com. I'd love to hear from you guys, and I wish you the best. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Terry, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been a Stella Oak Mavens podcast. We empower you, the listener, to take control of your life. And by the way, we're going to call this episode uh, Riches with Niches. That was a great uh, suggestion (laughs) of your line earlier on. Thank you very much, Terry. I love it. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. Thank you for listening to the Stella Oak Mavens podcast. We hope to see you next week and make sure to stay inside and stay safe.